Hi, folks. You are watching and listening to a very special edition of Open Bar. I'm Mike Morales here in soggy Southern California. That gentleman out there is... Tequila John with Tattoo Tequila. John, that's John Atanasio, correct? Yeah, John Atanasio. I go by Tequila John. Just my tequila. last name is a little difficult for most people to remember. So Not anymore. There's a tequila <laughs> named after you, pal. <laughs> yes, that's true. That's true. Uh, I, For those of you who don't know who John is, John has an enduring brand that that uh, myself and Rick, who had done the uh, the the tastings of Tattoo Tequila. Some of you may have seen this. It's been around for this brand, John. I, I think you and I spoke on the phone prior to this, like months ago, and I said, you know, this is an enduring brand because we had seen this. It was making a big splash while I was living in San Antonio. Uh, I think the second or third year, I was like, oh wow, this is great. And then whoever it was that I was in contact with, uh, I said, you know, the usual, let's, let's get some samples so we can get you on, open, on, you know, on sipping off the cuff. And uh, a few days later, I got a package full of great stuff. I got a T-shirt. I got, I got, I got all kinds of really a bar. You got map, all the swag. <laughs> all the swag that you could ever ask for. And I kept going, looking through it. I go, hey, where's the booze, man? <laughs> it was no booze. <laughs> I know. I'm so sorry was, about that one. <laughs> well, yeah, but you know, it, what had happened was at that time the brand was really making a big splash, and and we we've gone all over the. A lot of people have seen this bottle in one iteration or another, but not in the black mat, which is really clever. And um, Rick and I just fell all over ourselves because, as you'll notice, folks, this is organic. It's an organic tequila. Uh, at that time, and 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 we'll as we get into. Uh, with John, you can explain to us a little bit more about uh, about the lifespan of this brand because it it just off, off camera. John said to me, "We've been beaten up by every brand in the in, in, every brand on the gnome list." Okay, um, explain why. First of all, why did you get into tequila to begin with? I mean, why didn't you try like motorcycles or or something else, man? Well, we, we, we do motorcycles too, but, uh, you know, uh, I just, I just had a love of tequila. I was, uh, on a advisory board and I was a consultant to a, a number of uh, brands that were in the, you know, celebrity driven brands. And then, uh, at one point I was like, you know, I don't want to really build anybody else's brands. You know, I want to build my own, but I didn't, didn't want to just get, you know, have someone put juice in a bottle and me come up with a label and stuff like this. So, I reached out to a friend of mine, uh, Ruben Rodriguez in Mexico, and you know he he agreed to uh, you know he was working with a number of distilleries, and he's he's a, a very accomplished distiller himself, and said you know I'm interested in learning how to distill. I'm not just interested in just having a brand in the bottle. I want to learn the whole process, and you know uh, made a bunch of tequila and uh, you know cut her teeth on that, and then eventually <laughs> launched uh, Tattoo Tequila after about 21. Uh, different uh, taste profile attempts and then we finally got it right but we you know we we were hard and fast on wanting to do an organic tequila and we want to do a, a craft brand and what we really did uh, beyond anything else is what I want to do different from everybody else was uh, approach uh, fermentation differently in, in terms of what type of yeast we use and how we sourced it and things along those lines so you know we are one of the first you know true artists and crafted uh, you know craft brands 
and uh, we want to stay on the organic side. We just feel that organic agave based on, you know, farming practices globally, uh, you know, besides Mexico, you know, of course, with, uh, you know, Blue Weber agave, we felt that organic agave was the play. We felt the taste profile was better. And I felt, you know, better ingredients going in, you know, will, will you know, hopefully equate to a better product on the outcome. How, how long, how old were your plants that you started with? Uh, and, and I guess I should tell folks, if, if, for those of you who, have, who, who are a little bit more nerdy and, and know uh, the agave growing um, uh, distilleries, well, um, uh, farmers, there, there are a few that are certified organic. And one of the big ones, if I'm not mistaken, is 1480, which is, um, yep, 1480, which is uh, Tequila Las Americas. Yes. And uh, a large majority of the certified organic tequilas uh, come out of that distillery. It's not the only one, but but it is one of the more well-known. Uh, and everybody that I've ever spoken to speaks so highly of that family, the growing family. Um, yes, that, that's the Montez uh, family. That's uh, Alvaro. He's our he's a patriarch. Uh, he's our mate. He's uh, you know, the person that we're aligned with now uh, on the distillery level, also the plantation. But our agave, you know, a lot of people are, are harvesting now because of demand for, for agave and pricing. You know, they're looking at, you know, four-year-old to five-year-old agaves being harvested. We, we kind of were hard and fast of looking at the eight to 12-year-old agave. We feel the seven and a half to eight-year-old is really optimum. Uh, for us, you know, we're looking at a lot of, you know, sugar complexities within the plant, and we feel that level of maturity, you know, gets it to a point where, you know, we feel comfortable, you know, in the eight to 12 year range. It's, you know, it's a much more uh, uh, mature plant, you know, we use lowland uh, agave, and, uh, but it's interesting with the, the plantations that we're using is that it's almost like a hybrid between what you expect to get in a lowland, uh, you know, a Blue Weber agave versus upland. You know, upland tends to be a little larger, a little bit higher sugar density. And what we found is a little bit of a hybrid where the complexities and the earthiness and the citrusy type of uh, notes that you get off of the lowland, we pick up not only that, but we pick up, you know, the complexity and the density of sugars and the more of the, uh, you know, the agave, you know, organic taste that you pull off of the upland. So it's a little bit of a, you know, it's a fantastic uh, uh, plantation that we work with. You know, Alvaro Montez is the second distillery that we work with. We lost, uh, we started off with uh, Distilladoria uh, Refugio, and that got sold underneath us to a, yeah. a, to a larger, you know, larger group. And we loved working with everybody there. And Ruben Rodriguez was our partner and, you know, our master distiller leading the way there. And then, you know, comes over and works with us uh, in a collaboration that we have now with uh, Alvaro uh, Montes. So yeah, the, great, 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 great people over there, too. We're excited. We're excited to get back into production. <laughs> well, you know, the, the, you mentioned Refugio. I, if I'm not mistaken, that distillery used to make a tequila uh, um, that we loved. And um, and you're right. I remember the story that it was it was uh, for some reason sold out. Uh, sold to somebody else, and and uh, there there are there they're kind of a small circle of these um, uh, tequilas that came out of that area at that time. Because your brand, your your brand isn't. I know it's it's like a it's it's 
when did you start the brand? Because what happens it's is like a new brand like, that, that's 11 years old. Right. Like basically. It's an 11 year old startup. I mean, it, it fits and starts and fits <laughs> and starts, but none of this stuff was any of your fault. I, I, you know, it was, it was one thing after another. And then when I contacted John, it was like um, the, la the, the most recent time was like in 2020, the middle of, of COVID, right? I, I moved back to LA in that time and it was like ground zero for COVID again, right? And you, you tell everybody the kind of stuff that the, the hurdles that you've had to overcome just to maintain, you know, the brand out in, in the, in the awareness of people, because there, this is a beloved brand. There were people that were coming to me, you know, throughout the years going, you know, whatever happened to tattoo? I, go, I don't know, <laughs> man. I, I, I have no idea. I love the stuff. You know, uh, I heard, oh no, I heard a lot of great things about it. But everybody can come to me going, I love that stuff. And it was organic. And I go, I know I've always wanted to try it. Never got. And I always told the well, story how I got all the swag. But I, didn't get, I, didn't get I know it's so, so crazy story there. Yeah. But first of all, we appreciate all your support. But, you know, we started off, we launched the brand as the official tequila of the 75th Sturgis Motorcycle Rally. And that's a whole different story that's, there. That's a and whole, that's a crazy, that's a crazy thing there because it's had a, a blast. big motorcycle rally every year, right? And yeah, yeah. so we had a blast. Just, that was like a big one. It was, you know, well over a million people there. So we really, you know, launched the brand there. Uh, we, you know, we showed at WSWA. We won gold medal there right from the go. So we got distribution from, uh, you know, Southern and, and Republic and all, you know, a lot of big uh, companies. And we did very, very well with them starting out. And what happened was, is that, you know, I guess we did too well starting out. And then all of a sudden our, our brands became a little bit less available and they, we kind of got buried there amongst the bigger brands. But what happened was, is, you know, essentially we lost our first distillery just when we were getting, uh, you know, all kind of critical acclaim. We're getting really, really high ratings. You know, other publications were rating our, you know, Blanco at 94 points or Reposado at 94 points. Uh, and everything was going great. We started selling uh, in, a, in a very, very big way. Uh, we had a smaller, more boutique distributor starting to, to bring us on. It's very, very difficult to get distribution. If anybody's thinking about you know, starting a brand, well, it, there's a lot to it. And getting distribution is very, very key. And then having the right amount of capital to push a brand and to do marketing, things like that, to build it you know, on-premise and off-premise. You know, there's different costs associated with that and different things that you need to do. But, uh, you know, we had a, a really spectacular launch, a lot of critical acclaim, and then distribution came our way, and we were doing very, very well and selling through, and everything was great. And then we lost our distillery, got sold from underneath us to a, you know, a big competitor, you know, a very large, you know, uh, longstanding company of, you know, very, very nice brand. So we had, a, we had a shop for another, you know, tequila house, and then what happened was we had to get all new bottles made because... We had, you know, we had a label change. So that was a little bit of a setback. But just before the pandemic, we, we found we, what we felt was the, the right combination of, uh, of distribution for us where we were working with kind of smaller boutique type of crafts, you know, focused um, uh, distributors. And we relaunched, uh, you know, we, we got into the state of Ohio, started doing very, very well there uh, with Heidelberg. And then Vintage Imports brought us in in Jersey, PA, and then Delaware. And we became the number one uh, brand within their portfolio, uh, out distancing, uh, no disrespect to anybody else, by more than double the next you know, craft spirit brand they had on hand. Uh, and people just went wild. And then coming into the pandemic, uh, everything was looking really, really excited. We had a $12 million uh, A round of funding uh, that was going to be uh, you know, funded uh, by a lot of, you know, 
a, a really like a dream team for us in terms of investors, uh, notable people within the industry and things like that. Uh, we had, you know, a major conglomerate as well. There's only a handful of them now was looking to, you know, invest in this as well. But then we fell out of production coming into the, uh, with the pandemic. And out of the pandemic, uh, we were a double finalist. We're actually at the beginning of the pandemic in 2020, we were uh, a double finalist in the Ultimate Spirits Challenge. And that uh, that Spirits wow. competition features everybody. Yeah, so yeah. Our, our Reposada was rated uh, 92 points, and we were a finalist there. And then our Añejo, which we rated you know second in the world according to uh, that competition with the 94 rating. So we've never had uh, you know less than a, a 90. Uh, to rating on our reposado, uh, we've mostly been across the board at 94. Depends on who you know who uh, tasted us, and tested us. Yeah. So, uh, but now what what happened was is that you know we were about to do this big capital raise to expand because we have all this distribution offered to us, and then the pandemic happened, and then you know the funding kind of dried up where people were kind of panicked. But what happened was is that I couldn't even raise capital because what what happened was that the supply chain issues were. We're impacting us is that even if I had all the money in the world, I couldn't get bottles made, I couldn't get stoppers made. And we're just now from the pandemic to now, you know, we sold out very, very quickly. You know, everybody, a lot of people were drinking mm -hmm. and then we just had all these high ratings. So people were seeking us out. So, you know, we, we were, you know, we we're, you know, very successful for our distributors, but then we couldn't replenish the supply because of the supply chain issues for packaging that were just now, I mean, just the other day, we were able to get back into this. Uh, production uh, queue, if you will, for our stoppers. And we've been waiting on pricing since November. <laughs> so, you know, we, we, we hit it, you know, we hit it out of the park, you know, uh, the brands we've been lucky, we've got incredibly like industry leading ratings. Uh, we appreciate also being on your cover for December. We so appreciate that. And it led to us actually getting a distribution in Canada for the first time it oh, was cool. magazine yeah yeah Excellent. so hey people do read your magazine those, wait till those canucks <laughs> wait till those guys start to get you know there's again there's so many hot pockets of tequila now throughout the country more than when you started you know originally i mean there's the south everybody wanted to come you know to the bigger states but it's interesting you mentioned ohio one of our one of our tasters uh, we have now a fleet of 13 tasters throughout the u.s and one in the uk and one of my one of my oldest ones is in Ohio, and he always laments about you know the 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 terrible selection of tequilas in Ohio, but it's getting better. Oh, and I was not aware that you were like the number. Wow, that that was um, yeah, we were that's up amazing. There. You know what a feat yeah, we, that is in a control state like Ohio. At yeah, that we did time? very well. We did very well there. Ohio's, you know, um, I wasn't as excited as I probably should have been going to Ohio, but for consumer brands, that's like. That's the mecca of brand testing throughout the United States. If your brand can make it in Ohio for any consumer goods, I mean, there's yeah, a ton of retailers exactly. there. Uh, it's middle America. But here's the cool thing about Ohio. So, you know, we did tequila tastings. We did, you know, tequila events uh, in uh, Cleveland and Cincinnati and Columbus. Great, great, great market. I got to say that I was so impressed with Ohio. The foodie scene entrepreneurs that are restaurateurs there's so many cool concepts going there the bar scene listen there's not a lot to do there besides watching football i guess and uh, yeah <laughs> and, and, and eating and drinking i guess in the winter time but uh 
I was so impressed with all the people that I, uh, you know, there's something about uh, the Midwest uh, people that are just so endearing to me. They're the heartbeat of America for certain. And like I said, the foodie in, in the bar scene couldn't have been any cooler and uh, people really switched on. And, you know, it is a, it's a good tequila market for certain, but yeah, you know, well, I'm a Jersey guy growing up. So going back to Jersey was good to go there. Yeah, you know, I, I'm in Hawaii now, you know, doing that whole surfing thing that we were always, uh, you know, want to be involved with. Uh, but we go back now, you know, you know, the town of tequila is my second home here now. I'm hoping on to go forward. Uh, we want to spend a lot of time in production and, you know, we're, we're grateful for, you know, just being in the marketplace. But for anybody that's out there trying to launch a brand, it is a long enduring grind of an of a outcome that you hope to achieve by just hard work and, you know, you know, building, you know, meaningful relationships, not only at the consumer level, which is most important, but there's a lot of relationships that are important along the way. The sales reps at the, uh, at the distributors, you know, I've come uh, to many of them, they're, they've become friends and they're, they're more than just relationships that you go out on a ride with, uh, you know, to, uh, to go out there and pitch accounts, but, you know, you, you want to building friendships and things like that, that um, this business is like no other. And um, yeah, I, I just love it. And that's what keeps us going. There's a glimmer of hope for getting to the other side, you know, <laughs> on the brand and scaling it. And, you know, when people really love it and we're getting, you know, great ratings and stuff like that, where uh, everything possible that could have happened to a startup has happened to us from, you know, team mutiny to start yeah. you know, founders leaving, uh, you know, uh, having to change distributors, uh, losing uh, a distillery, having to find a new plantation, everything that could, and then losing our, our bottle production to the, the, the pandemic. You know, we moved all of our bottle production from uh, from Mexico to, to China right before, that's where all the big brands make it. And the glass is better, supposedly, and, and far cheaper. But, uh, you know, we moved it back, everything back to Mexico now. Uh, we're not going to make anything in China right now. And, uh, you know, for anybody who's looking to start a brand, it's a, it's a long road. And I think in my, our last conversation, you said, what would you suggest people do is that take a long-term approach to this and never sacrifice quality. And, and uh, that's, that's why that's you're still around. I, yeah, that's why I get the, the even in our uh, conversation on the phone, it was, it was something that, that struck me is that you're just, you know, not only did you have to wait, for the supply chain to catch up. But, it, you know, certainly you could have used another stopper. Certainly you could have used another bottle, but you decided no. You know, you kept saying no. You kept sticking to your guns, regardless of whether the money was there or not. It was it was funny. It was like people at that point, when you and I talked, people were willing to write you checks. And it's like, but I can't, I don't feel right about doing that because I got nothing. I wasn't in production. I got no bottles. I got, you know, this and that. And it's like, Man, every single hurdle that that everything that life could throw at a at a startup brand, they threw at you, and now you're back again. It's like, man, you're, you're like this virus that won't die, man. We're, we we won't go away, and you yeah. know why? Uh, first of all, you know, if you get in this business, either you love it or you don't, you know. And yeah. I, I just flat out love it. I love making tequila. I love hanging out with my mate, you know, Ruben down there, you know, sitting, you know, standing around and still talking story. 
that's pretty funny stuff that happens there. Almost, you know, it's while you're drinking tequila and tasting, of course, sure. a lot of stuff happens there. But going out there in the marketplace and engaging, you know, bar owners and, and restaurateurs and, and people that own liquor stores and, you know, pitching from place to place, you know, I, I love it. And, you know, we like doing the marketing part and, and the events are cool and sponsoring Sturgis and the rock concerts and all that stuff is, is a lot of fun. And then, you know, we started, we, we hooked up with Harley Davidson where we did it, we launched a $50,000 margarita. Yeah, yeah. Where, where, you know, we launched it with uh, at Sammy Hagar's place in Vegas, Cabo Wabo. But basically, you got a blood orange margarita, then you got a custom Harley Davidson on a upsell for the $50,000 margarita, customized by the guys from Counts Customs, you know, counting cars. So, you know, a lot of fun things we, we did with the brand. And, you know, like anything else, uh, we felt we had a winner. We didn't want to mess with the, the bottle because we felt it was a winner. Uh, everything about it, it was going in the right direction. You know, we couldn't plan for the pandemic or the other things we had. And, and sometimes you just have to just uh, wait for your time to come. And, you know, it's hard to be patient when things aren't going well. And, uh, you know, you're burning cash. So we we did take a, the approach where we're like, hey, we're not going to take anybody's capital. We're not going to raise any capital until we know we can go back into production. We're not going to hurt anybody. Yeah. And we don't want to waste any capital that is so dear and hard to come by. So we, you know, we felt it's just, you know, we'll wait our time. And now we're now we're just about to go since we got confirmation, we could start to make packaging and go back into tequila production. Uh, we are going to try to raise several million. Uh, we'd like to reach out to your audience. If there's anybody in your in your audience that are brand owners or companies in the tequila business, that's who we want as our investors. Uh, we love the idea of having our friends and family involved and all that. But uh, at this stage, we prefer to have you know professional investors that know the industry that can bring resources and skill sets and and you know and, and value added to the brand. That's you know that we're willing to sell part of the brand. We don't want to sell all of it. I'm not ready to retire. I'm just getting started. I feel again, and, right? <laughs> you know, again. So, yeah. uh, but but this is we're doing this for the love of it all. It's we haven't made any money yet, and but we want to deliver to our shareholders a you know a, a value proposition that is worth their their investment into our company, and uh, we want to you know continue to uh, to produce you know great tequila. At, at fair prices and uh we have a lot we do have a lot of fans out there that contact us and saying hey man you know let us know when you're rolling again and it's a it's that, a beloved brand i i think it. i even said this during the the reviews i i told rick because the rick had not remembered this brand i said rick this brand has like this underground following it's like everybody loved this 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 brand and it just kind of disappeared and that was prior to you and i talking so i had no idea what you had gone through all the hurdles and all the pitfalls and and pratfalls and everything else you know that 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 you could possibly go through and the guy is still here that's what i said to rick i said this brand is still here it won't go away so <laughs> I and, know, and, man, then we, and then we did the tasting we fell in love with it because we love that region right. where that tequila comes from um we love it too and you know i know you didn't try the blanco you know blanco is what i make and um, the, our, our blanco, I'll put up against anybody's blanco. It's it's smooth. When, when you're ready, send us the blanco because it's, it's very sophisticated, very, very complex. Yeah, you know, well, I mean, you got the had, reposado, the reposado, and the, the reposado. And in the reposado, you know, that's really buttery. It's a lot of vanilla notes. It's it's uh, it's uh, you know, really, it's really one of the one of the better, I think, one of the better examples of what is possible when you have 
a great when you have great plants to start with and then you have a really fine family taking you know watching your stuff and you're you're a hands-on guy too that's what also struck me you're not like you said you're not letting anybody just slap a label and it wasn't like they they presented you with all these different you know flavor profiles you said i want that one you know you you went in there and got your hands dirty did you did you even go in there and harvest some plants Oh yeah, no, we, we've done harvest. You know, we, we did for the first couple of productions, we did everything, you know. And Ruben, we, we, you know, Ruben Rodriguez, who taught me everything I know about making tequila, he's like, John, you know, you know, you don't have to do this. And I've done everything from whack, you know, whacking the agave in half before they go into the ovens and all that, and you know, gone into the uh, into the uh, plantation and harvested a little bit. You know, I feel it's important to to show your metal as a man and and to let the you know the rest of the workers and the himidors and the, and the team that you have let them know that. Hey, you know, I'm just not some gringo coming down here and trying to, uh, you know, kind of taking advantage of a marketplace, whatever. I'm like, hey, I'm I'm there for the long haul. I felt it was important to actually, you know, roll up the sleeves and work alongside everybody, and then you know, really learn how to make tequila for real. There's not too many uh, Americans that have brands, and you know, I'll just like to say this that if there's anybody you know watching out there will watch this uh, podcast uh, that are brand owners, uh, I think it's important to say, hey, you know what? We're not celebrities. We're like real people, you know, uh, we're artisans, I believe, you know, making real tequila. And it's not a, you know, it's not a celebrity brand. It's a people brand. It's, you know, we're, we're making it. It takes a lot of people, uh, you know, at the plantation level and at the distillery level to put juice in a bottle. And they're hardworking individuals. And, uh, you know, we have like a blue collar mentality, you know, we're not silver spoon type guys at all. We're, we're just, uh, you know, we're just trying to hold on here uh, to, to make it to this <laughs> level. But, you know, uh, making a commitment to, to just to prove my, I had to prove myself, I felt to everybody down there that um, I just wasn't some guy just trying to take advantage of the situation that I was willing to go side by side, work side, you know, side by side with everybody through every single part of the process. First of all, uh, you never know what it's like to walk in someone else's shoes until you do, you know. And I felt that, you know, I need to know every part of the business. I, I needed to know all the, the nuances of what the humidors do at the plantation level. How are we processing? How are we cooking? You know, you know, you know, we use, uh, you know, clay ovens, and you know, and how are they, you know, packed? And, and and then, you know, how do we, you know, press out the, you know, press the juice, and then how do we ferment? But our approach to fermentation, I think, is a real game changer. You know, yeah, tell me them. about that. Explain that to me, because I know you mentioned it earlier, and it, but but we didn't never got into the into the the, the depth of it. So yeah, we we analyze a lot of brands, and you know, a lot of a lot of folks uh, in, in the Jalisco make their own uh, and cultivate their own yeast, right? Right. But right. And actually, where we were with Refugio, uh, there was so much matter in the air, organic matter in the air, we could have atmospherically fermented. I mean, yeah. that could have opened up. We could have yeah, opened yeah. up uh, open tanks. air. Yeah, and, and it would eventually, you know, ferment it. But you you can never have a a, a uh, you can never have predictability from batch to batch. You know, it's all you know you're you're counting on everything that happens in nature. So you couldn't really have a stable product. But you know, I like that notion that you was was possible. But we sort. But we what we looked at is that you know a lot of people want to be in the craft movement, but craft is about better ingredients and and upping the ante as far as uh, how you you know, process anything. And I looked at fermentation where a lot of, you know, a lot of brands were using what I felt in my opinion, um, less, lesser quality ingredients when it came to fermentation. I'm not saying that they were cheaping out on it, but there was better, 
uh, there's better ways to approach the fermentation. So we actually sourced a high-grade organic uh, wine yeast that could have been used for not only wines, but also for uh, for champagne, uh, with the strain going back uh, you know, many, many, many years, uh, and it was Belgian origin. So we go from cool. we go from Jalisco to to Europe in the, in the search for uh, for yeast, and uh, we're kind of like yeast nerds. Uh, I don't know what else to say, but if I you get know, about that, it, to me, fermentation is where the magic happens. I know people say it's distillation, but I think you know, yeah. I, and I don't know if you've ever been to Oaxaca or, or or have seen how their fermentation happens, and it's and and they actually do the open air you know and some places do some some distilleries will also um but you were looking for consistency so uh, i you know there's comes to a point where you've done everything you possibly could and if it's open air you know in a pine vat you just let the universe or god or you know whatever microbe at every thousand feet do its thing you know and so I, that that's kind of what where I, I I would I would encourage the open air, but I also like what you did when you went back. You didn't just source an organic, you know, whatever organic uh, 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 yeast. You had to know the strain, where it was coming from. You know, the the DNA, the family history of this of this strain. Oh, it's and, fascinating, and it, really. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, because uh, some I know of other distilleries that, that produce their own proprietary yeast that comes from their own plants as well. Um, but you, you did, you went a whole other direction and, and, and you find that it's, that it's really made a big difference in, in your, in your Blanco, because obviously it's the Blanco that, that, that gets yeah, it. It's, it's all about the Blanco really, when it comes down to it, you know, you never know on your first uh, barreling, you know, you really don't know what you're going to wind up with. You have you have expectations within ranges of, of taste profiles, but you don't really know what you're going to get uh, coming out until, until it comes out, right? And then where yeah. you taste throughout. And we went with our Añejo 18 months. We went uh, six months on the Reposado. Could have went a little, little bit longer on the Reposado. I think it came out a little better, but that's what we did on the first go. And, and you know, we're striving to get better. You know, these are, you know, we've done like three, you know, three sizable productions, at least for us, and the next uh, production will be, you know, larger than, than all of them. So, you know, what we do from the, the go forward is, is really interesting. I've looked at everything from, you know, you know looking at different uh, barreling opportunities. I've made a trip to Cognac, uh, and I've sourced Cognac uh, barrels there. We like the idea of that. I, I think that is, could be a really uh, in, interesting nuance. Uh, maybe we'll do a limited edition with that, maybe not commit the whole production to that. But I like maybe doing you know some some special nuanced tequilas, uh, looking at barrel integration as as a differentiator, you know, and that's not something new. It's been done by you know there's this brands. It's a, it's a hot new thing. I mean everybody's cool. doing it, and it changes the profile. So yeah. it's a uh, it's a little bit of experimentation. You know, it's not exactly a Frankenstein type stuff, but on a much lesser scale, uh, it's fascinating. It's interesting, and what we really hope to achieve is just create something that's just wonderful to experience uh, as people celebrate life. And that's what people are like, why are you still doing what you're doing? I'm like, oh, I don't know what else to do. I, I don't want <laughs> I don't want, I want to continue to you know, pursue my, my passions or my obsession at this point and, and to see the brand through. And there are a lot of people that are, are asking for it. And, uh, you know, we don't want to let people down either in the marketplace, including the people that, 
you know, like the sales reps, for example, that, that pushed our brand to their accounts and the distributors that supported us and, you know, the different venues that allowed us to market with like, you know, the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally and, and uh, you know, the Buffalo Chip uh, Campground in Sturgis and the Full Throttle. We love those people. They gave us incredible opportunities to, to broadcast our brand. Uh, and uh, we we held up against everybody and all the big guys. Yeah. So for, uh, and we have a little bit of a chip on our shoulder at this point for the people that have uh, kind of, uh, you know, ran us out of, out of Dodge. Well, we're hoping to come back and not with a vengeance, but with, uh, with, with just a happy spirit going forward. We're like, hey, you know, you guys try to run us out of Dodge. Well, you know, get on you. You know, we're still here and we don't take anything personal. It's business. You know, people compete. And uh, we just want to be happy through uh, and walk, you know, gently through life and and, uh, and just build a great brand that people will enjoy responsibly and uh, and have some fun with. And if the pandemic has taught me anything um, and it didn't necessarily uh, uh, teach me any more patience, <laughs> but uh, I uh, I have a greater appreciation for everybody that touches my life and I touch them. Uh, I don't take anything for granted, especially time. You know, time's our greatest asset that we have and it's the most coveted. And I can't get back those couple of years that we lost to the pandemic. It seems like, you know, we, you know, I lost time with friends and we we lost time with loved ones. And it's not so much about the market. Well, we lost market, loved ones, you know, not just the time. Oh, Some of no, we lost, lost we lot. lost you know, people we lost, too. We lost venues, you know, we 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 lost you know, everything. Uh there, there was there was not a I remember talking to my guy in Ohio, as a matter of fact, we were still, we were still doing tastings. I mean, everybody was drinking at home. And so that particular year was probably one of our busiest years, oddly enough. And we grew the magazine and things like that. And I remember talking to him off camera. I said, man, this is like, it's like 911. Remember when 911 happened and everybody was, you know, their lives changed. And he says, it's like 911 every day. Oh yeah, I know. And then, you know what, you know what, what I also learned is that this business is, is made up of many, many wonderful uh, people. My uh, my distributor that, that came to her aid uh, at, at a time when we needed a distributor right away, uh, Peggy Arquila, uh, she's actually the only woman uh, distributor in Nevada. Uh, she brought us on wow. uh, with West Coast Wine and Spirits, and uh, she's still there with us now. We have a stockpile. Of, you know, we're, Excellent. Our, only, our only account that we, we, we're trying to maintain at the moment is Cabo Wabo on the Vegas Strip? You know Sammy Hagar and his his clan over there. We love those guys. They they've kept us on menu for like five years now, and that's excellent. That's a, that's a pretty cool thing. But yeah. Peggy uh, and her husband Mel Curb, uh, they are they start off as our distributors. They become my family basically, and, and my and some of my my she's my sister, he's my brother, and uh, you know I'm as close to them as I am to anybody in the world. And uh, they basically at, at times uh, when we were in Vegas, they're like, no, you're staying with us when we had some difficult times. Wow. And they, they said, no, you'll come and stay with us for a period of time until your business holds, you know, gets back on, on track. And I can't think of you mean people wel welcoming, welcoming us into their homes. It was just so un unbelievable. And then I had other you know, colleagues like my one of my uh, my business manager is uh, Lanny Hahn. We stayed with him and his wife when we were in Jersey. So we, when we went across the country, we weren't like living high on the hog. 
you know, we were staying with friends. You, and you, were, so you were couch surfing. <laughs> well, not exactly. Not but, exactly, but, but close. But, you know, people let us stay to just, they're just trying to help us and support us. And I had such an outpouring of, uh, of love and aloha um, throughout before the pandemic and then during and then now after where people have just stepped up. And then, you know, we have a guy by the name of Bill Mickle um, in, uh, in PA that uh, brought us on with Vintage. And, uh, and Bill and, and those guys are super cool. And throughout the whole pandemic, they're like, hey, man, when you're ready to come back, we're ready for you. So we've had some really, really incredible loyal uh, friends. And I can't quit for them now. You know, well, you, have so many say, people, was, you can't quit for you, other people that help you. Yeah. Why? Why do you feel that is? Because this is a this is really see, this is the kind of nuts and bolts. That's why I love doing these interviews, because I know. See, I knew that there was something special about that this brand, not ever not having even tasted it. Just watching the the splash that you got, you know, the 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 PR and and the news reports and what was going on and it's like, man, and then it would disappear and it came back and it, <laughs> and I kept going, what is it about this brand? And I finally tasted it and of course I knew it was organic. I knew where it was coming from. I knew what to expect, but it blew us away. Because it 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 delivered more than what I had expected, and and now that I know you know where more of your backstory, where the original distillery started, which was one of my favorite distilleries, producing one of my favorite tequilas. It's no longer oh, yeah. in production. They're great. They're yeah. great. And and so you know that's where you cut your teeth. That's where you came from. And so it's no wonder that. But why why do you feel that you you you've, you you that you have these relationships, whereas other brands just, you know, it's all about the money. You know, it's how much money have you got behind you? How much can, how much can you spiff your salesperson? You know, because whatever's on spiff is whatever, whatever the guy's going to sell. You know how that works. Well, so, yeah, that, 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 that's still true of us. You know, you know, uh, our distributors want us to participate in programs that, you know, uh, that showcase our brand like sure. everybody else's. And we're happy to do that as well. Even when we had very modest uh, means to, to work with, uh, we did the best we can. And you know what, uh, what was really, you know, I've been involved with other brands and other companies in the past life. And, and what I, I saw within our own brand is that we are able to go very, very far with very, very little. Yeah. And, and uh, I don't know if, uh, if it's because of us, you know, we have, I mean, I like to think that, uh, we, we're, we're incredible humans <laughs> on our team <laughs> and we have wonderful people around us and we have an aura about us. I'll just say that, you know, right from uh, the people that the harvest to, uh, uh, you know, Ruben and his wife, uh, Violetta, who's, uh, you know, I brought them on now as, as co-presidents. You know, I felt that, you know, the people that taught me, they should be the one that the ones that eventually take over the company and help lead this thing going forward. And, uh, but I, I think um, where I, I just can't give up now is because I've had such an outpouring when uh, we needed people to help our brand and ourselves out ourselves as entrepreneurs, just make it to the next level. There's many, many months I had, you know, we had a couple angel investor friends, uh, a gentleman by the name of uh, Mike Barber and uh, Bill O'Keefe, you know, guys, I think in the world of that helped us that there's times I wouldn't make it to the next month if they didn't step up, you know, literally. Wow. You know, I love those guys and uh, not, not just because of what they did for me and for the company, just because of who they are. And uh, for them, I can't quit. You know, for the people that stood up for me, let me crash at their house, you know, 
did everything possible. You know, you know, Peggy Mella, you know, in Vegas, uh, they basically adopted me for a long period of time. And now, now I want to, <laughs> you know, uh, return the favor as best yeah. as I possibly can. But we also need to deliver our, what we can to our shareholders and things like that. And that's very meaningful to me. And uh, a little bit of a burden when people, you know, do step up to help you. There is the reciprocity that I feel uh, uh, that I have to uh, uh, do my part uh, yeah. in response, maybe even beyond what I received. Uh, it's better to to uh, to give than receive anyway. But uh, we're very, you know, Mike, first of all, I'm so, so uh, glad to be on the show with you. And, and you guys have given I'm us- I'm glad we finally- jobs. Yeah, I'm glad we finally met because it was like, you know, this this is a mystery guy behind this brand. You know, it's like, man, I got to talk to him. I got, and I know it, you know, it, and it was it was leading up to this because I know there were certain things that you had to wait for and you weren't ready yet. And because uh, I know I wanted to speak to you a little bit earlier, uh, late last year, but uh, you know, the timing is perfect now. The timing is perfect now. It's it's uh, it, you know, what they say in Spanish and in hora buena in, in in God's time. And so here we are, you know. Yes, uh, and uh, we we believe that he has his hands on us throughout this, and uh, you know we we couldn't have uh, every we owe everything to him anyway. So you know we're just grateful to where we are. We're 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 still standing, and we can use a couple million. Anybody out there listening, we definitely hey. need some investors. <laughs> we, we need a couple million to get rolling again. Uh, we have distribution lined up. We have a uh, world class tequila by credibility in terms of. Uh, you know, on the you know, critical acclaim side of things and, and very, very strong ratings. We have some of the most uh, in, important retailers around the country, uh, you know, saying, hey, let us know when you're back in town. We can't wait to carry you. People are asking for the brand and stuff like this. And we're out of production three years now, practically. So yeah, it, it's, people that, still well, be that's asking why I'm boarding what I've got now. <laughs> <laughs> we still have a stash in Vegas, though. So we'll hook you up next time we roll through. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to make my way out to <laughs> Vegas. I, I well, you know, the, with the pandemic, everything kind of everything kind of stopped. Because as you said, this business is like no other. It really is a people oriented business. You shake hands, you look people in the eye, you you know, you make friends because that's that's really part of it. It's not just how much money you throw at the brand and, you know, and and. Uh, how much have you got, you know, for your marketing budget? And I mean, that's it's part of it. It's a big part of it, especially if you're dealing with small to mid-sized distributors. But the relationship building is is really, I think, where it's at. And it's and it's even and it's all phases of this industry. You know, whether you're doing what we're doing, or or you're doing what you're doing, or you know, people in Vegas are doing what they're doing. It's all it's a big relationship kind of thing, and and that's why we're with the pandemic, it just kind of put the kibosh in a lot, but it made it, I think, I think also, what did you learn besides the lack of patience? What did the, when you look back and you reflect at the two years, that, you know, that, that things were at a slowdown, what did you come out of there? What are you bringing forth from that to, to push tattoo even further? You know what, first of all, I think we've all um, had to do, had to uh, accept the, uh, living with less, you know, and, uh, you know, whether there's less abundance, less freedom, whatever it was. And I, I never, uh, I was, I've always tried to run the brand as frugal as I can. We don't have a lot to work with. Uh, you have to be innovative. And uh, I think our innovation, not only in marketing, we have strong marketing partners, we have strong brand, or, you know, our, the way that we, 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 whatever we did, we, I think we did it very, very well, but, I learned to, um, in the absence of capital, 
you really, really, really have to sharpen your pencil. You have to work much, much harder, okay? And you have to innovate. And you have, whether it's the process that you're, that you're, uh, that you're, you're manufacturing and creating tequila, whether it's, uh, everything has to be nuanced to the point where you're really looking at every part of your business with such great detail and care to make it more efficient, more effective, more productive, and, and you know, in, in striving for the best outcome. But I've, I've learned to live with much less and I don't really feel that I've missed out on anything because of it, whether it's um, on a personal uh, level or on a, on a professional level. Uh, what's really, really important is your relationships, uh, your friends and family, uh, you know, the market that you, that you, you treat people in such a great way. And if there's ever, a, you know, I, I start I launched this brand uh, at Mick Fleetwood's place on Front Street in Lahaina, Maui, you know, called Fleetwood's on Front Street. And, you know, although I split time now, you know, mainland and in, in, in the islands, uh, I, I live with Aloha. And whether I'm, and I take that to uh, the town of Tequila, and, uh, you know, I, I tell people like what, you know, some people I meet that they never even know that there's a town called Tequila. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's amazing. I, I've had people in the industry like, well, where do you make it? I'm like, we make it in Tequila. Like, where? I'm like, Tequila, Mexico. And people don't realize there's a place. Anybody who loves Tequila, I would tell them if I could just get off of, a, go on a little bit of a tangent. If anybody's been to like, you know, uh, you know, wineries and been to Napa or Sonoma, and that's fantastic going from winery to winery and eating and drinking through, you know, Napa is super cool. I can't think of a better experience than making your way through the tequila region and going on tequila tours at these fantastic distilleries, winding up and staying in the town of tequila where it's cobblestone streets, church in the middle of the, uh, of the square, little haciendas around there. You got Cuervo has an ancient distillery that you have agave wafting in the air, smells like roasted pineapple. You're sitting there, you're having a, you know, a couple of beers after the day making tequila, eating some street tacos with your mates. I can't think of anything cooler than that. And I got my nickname Tequila Juan down there. And then I, you know, of course I, I changed it to Tequila John you know, north of the border. But um, Tequila Mexico is such an incredible place that uh, as much as I love Maui, you know, I'm here now, I long for that town. And, and some people might say that's kind of an old, you know, shabby town. Well, not to me, it isn't. Mm -hmm. It has so much character and beauty and people are wonderful there. And uh, people are hospitable and they're hardworking. You know, it's the, it, it's the agricultural belt. You know, it's it's a yeah. it's an economic hub. But you have you have you know most of the people we're really hanging out with, besides the distillers, are farmers. Yeah, and, and the people are salt of the earth, and uh, you know just regular people just you know working you know working for a living uh, are are you know are are the people I mostly come come across. But I tell everybody, if you do love tequila and that's your, that's your go-to, make a pilgrimage to the town of tequila, fly into Guadalajara. You know, I don't care if people take the Cuervo train, whatever it is, just get up there yeah. and, uh, and have that experience that's just incredible. And um, it's like no other place on the face of the earth. And uh, the art's incredible there, crafts are, you know, the whole culture down there is just simply spectacular. The food scene, is is amazing. You know, I think maybe Oaxaca maybe has a, you know a leg up on uh, on the region when it comes to culinary. But you know, I think that it's uh, you know just a, a blessing of a place to 
have my life's journey, you know, take me to that, you know, there's not too many places on earth where I long for, but I long for tequila. And it's not just because I make it. If I was a tourist, it's still just a place that, you know, you find yourself where time stops still. Yeah. Time stops there. Yep. And it, it feels like it's a, a time warp every time I go there where maybe, you know, I'm a couple of years older. I don't feel it when I'm down there. <laughs> well, it's it's definitely it's, a, a it's positive. Vor it's a positive vortex for sure. Uh, yes. And I think the plant has a lot to do with it. I, I think, as you said, a lot of the people that are there are farmers. And I think that's what makes Hawaii. What, what makes Hawaii so so inviting is is just the natural. You know, it's the areas that are not groomed and landscaped is just the, the natural um, uh, essence of, 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 the, of the islands. And I think that that also translates when you, you know, it, not only in tequila, but many regions of Mexico, you know. Um, oh, yeah. It's all volcanic to begin with. So it's, yeah, you know, yeah. You talk about the cobblestone streets. People aren't aware that the cobblestone is, it's, it's all, it's all shit. It, in fact, here on my desk, I've got that little piece I dug out of the Cuervo, out of the, out of the, out of they, there's a, if anybody who follows me on Instagram sees that video where I'm, they, they give you a plant, you know, where they put your name in it and you're supposed to get it in the ground and, you know, they'll probably never see it. But as I was digging a hole for it, I found this, this uh, volcanic rock, you know, it's glass yeah. and it's just everywhere. And that's what the cobblestone is, is, is it's volcanic rock. So wear comfortable shoes because it's going to put a hole in your soul, man. Oh, and uh, literally and figuratively, it will do that. And the landscapes of the whole Jalisco region, you know, once you get out, outside of Guadalajara, you know, oh, get into yeah. Agland, you know, they're just incredible vistas and mountain ranges. And, you know, last time I was there, you know, gobby's planted right up to the road right now. Every, yeah. every piece of dirt, there's a gobby planted on it right now. It never used to be that way, but it's um it's God's country for certain. I, I remember sometimes being on the plantation and and turning to one of my mates. I'm like, God's living here right now. I can feel it. You know, we had you know you have an emotional when harvesting is an emotional thing. I don't know what it is. You have a either you have a connection to the to the terra, or you don't. But for the times that we've gone out and harvesting, and we've you know we we made it a you know a fun event for some people that came in so they had like a bucket list type thing you know for us it was work <laughs> but oh, yeah. it's uh, but it's uh but being on the ground smelling the earth and in you know and, and being out there you know harvesting is uh it's a spiritual uh was a spiritual uh like awakening or experience for me uh that i can't even uh i can't even process it exactly it's just a, like an in a feeling that you get when you're on that, when you're on the plantation, you know, you get a much different feeling when you're sitting around still tasting through a progression of a, of a profile. Well, yeah, but, but here's the thing. I think <laughs> I keep telling people that there's a, there's a missing ingredient that if, if we were, if we were ever supposed to put ingredient, you know, uh, ingredients in on your label, that will never happen in tequila. Um, unless we hear from the FDA, but anyway, uh, there's always a missing ingredient. There's a missing element that I think as for me as a consumer that I get, and I'm just now learning it. I think the more interviews that I do like this at Open Bar, the more I understand the, the value of, it, of the, old, the brand owner's intention and the distiller's intention. I think intent is everything. That's that missing ingredient. There's something, yeah. as you said, there's a, and, and 
and they create that intention because it, it kind of it, it's a give and take between the 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 plant the ground you know the area and the people oh yeah yeah and and so and you can taste it you don't know what it is you can't put your finger on it you know it it's a, but there's something there was something special about this this stuff that i said you know if i ever get a chance to meet this guy or talk to him I want to find out. I want to know more about the intention. That's why I, I ask people, why did you get involved in something like this? Because your background, you come from a from a spirits background. Isn't that correct? Yeah, I advised the, you know, a handful of brands uh, that were celebrity brands that were, you know, mostly on the marketing side and of, of how to uh, establish them and in the market, you know, how to come to market. And then, you know, I was more interested in the production side of things. And then I said, well, you know what, if I'm, and I was kind of in a, you know, I don't know if it was a midlife crisis or I was, you know, I was at a crossroads in my career and I was the CEO of another company. I'm like, you know what? I don't want to really do that. And then the, I remember a friend of mine said, well, what do you want to do? I'm like, I want to make tequila. He says, you want to make tequila? Because what are you going to go, you know, we're going to go work in the fields and do all that stuff and schlep around a distillery. That's hard work and all that. You want to do that? I'm like, yep, that's what I want to do. <laughs> it, you know, it was intriguing to me. And maybe it was a romantic notion. You know, a lot of people romanticize and think that's really glamorous. Well, you know yeah. what? It's hard ass, pardon, pardon my French. No, it's go hard ahead. Work. It's, hard, yeah. it's hard work making tequila. And uh, there's a lot of people it takes to put juice in a bottle. You know, I remember sometimes we took a group photo and was like, we have that many people? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't know we had that many people. And, uh, but uh, it's very much, it's a journey. It's almost a calling at this point. You know, I can't even describe it's like how how can you stick, how can you keep on doing this entrepreneurially? And there's times I've had my moments where I'm like, what the heck am I doing with all this? You know, I'm, I'm not making any money. I'm killing myself. And now, you know, the Lord's throwing everything possible at us, but the Lord will only throw as much as you can take at you. And uh, I, I believe we we kept on having glimmers of hope. <laughs> so the small glimmers of hope as an entrepreneur was enough to fuel my fire. And uh, every single time when we're like, uh, or we'd come out, we'd do a tasting, we'd sell out, or, you know, we, we tested with uh, Costco, you know, that's another story, but we tested with Costco and they gave you a certain amount of time to, to sell a certain amount of bottles over so many weeks, whatever it is, uh, to see if they even stay in there. And we, we sold out in hours from store to store to store. Yeah. And, uh, and then they thought it was a fluke and then we did it again. And, you know, anyway, we want not being there. We got kicked out of there, too. But, uh, you know, we love we love the opportunity. We're grateful that people gave us a shot and Costco gave us a shot, whether we were there or not. But, you know, uh, whether you're in a place or not, what it does, it, it brings you to uh, it brings you to the next chapter of where you are. And, uh, you know, I think that that's really uh, that's really important. And we're just grateful for everybody that's giving us a shot at any at any rate, you know, and, and whether we have high ratings going forward like we have now, you know, time will tell, but we're committed, you know, Mike, to making better tequila than we're making now. If we're double finalists now, wow. so, you know, I think we're just getting started on, on developing our brand in terms of the taste profile. I expect us to get better in terms of our making or of our, on our tequila making ability. And, uh, you know, uh, we have great people around us uh, in like Alvaro Montes and his family and and Ruben Rodriguez and Valletta Rodriguez, you know, they're really the heart and soul of our brand. I would say, you know, what happens south of the border is it makes all the difference what happens north of the border. I can't do it without them. And, and those people taught me everything. So I, I owe them everything. 
and it's my job to help uh, get this thing to the next level and uh, gentlemen like yourself giving us a platform where people could hear our stories so important to us and and so uh, appreciate it you know I can't tell you how much I'm grateful for uh, a little bit of airtime with you and and um, I don't well, know what else I, to say. I, I want to thank you for coming on because I know you know with everything that has happened to you guys to this brand and to you you know you and 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 the people behind it personally I mean we're we're just talking about what what happened to the brand you know I, I mean <laughs> I, I know when we talked on the phone there was all kinds of personal stuff that happened and and you know to that exacerbates the situation and yet you're still you're still this humble you're still you seem to me like a humble guy very grateful for what for what's happened and and I'm thinking wow man see and this is the that's that missing ingredient that's that thing that you can't peg and you can't fake it either you can't infuse it you know by faking it you know there there are other there are other tequilas out there that promote themselves as the tequila of the other people and and uh you know there are other there you you have like this closet celebrity people that that were that are ready to to you know to come on board and and you're just you know not yet not yet and it's and it's like i i admire what you've done with this brand so far because i tell you what well, thank you the thank juice you. itself still you know that that old saying you get it once you get it past the lips it does all the talking for you yeah. this is one of those examples where that happens even years down the road you're going man this stuff was awesome how come they don't bring it back you know and now you're here so so what can what can our audience what can we do to help uh, uh, get tattoo up to where it needs to be and then beyond what what do we do what can we, we do we need we need industry investors to uh, listen I'm not I'm not the guy that could take this thing to next level financially I'm just that's just the truth uh, but you know to, to grow a brand into this uh, level I think we have a billion dollar brand and uh, you know, I need people to you know, come in. I need, uh, you know, industry partners that could bring in some capital right now and uh, help us get to the next level. Sorry, I was something I, knocking I, on my no, door. No, that's okay. Sorry, yeah, it's all right. but it's okay. It was just FedEx there, but uh, I'll get to them a little bit. <laughs> but it's uh, uh, anyway. You know, we need we need capital, and uh, we could use a couple more distributors. We have a, a number of distributors that that want to come on, and uh, they're very excited about us. Uh, I think we can go out to a, a number of states uh, right from the go and be very very effective. I believe that we'll be profitable very early. You know, we just need to get rolling again. We've uh, we paid the hard dues so far. Yeah. we've done the we've done the heavy lifting up until this point. Uh, not that that is ending, but uh, I think what we have ahead of us now is we have a clearer path to who we are as a brand. Uh, we have uh, it's we're recognizable in the marketplace, and we are beloved. And uh, I think that's a very very hard thing for brands to to uh, uh, to grow to where your brands are truly beloved and you have uh, a little bit of a cult following yes. and, and people like your vibe. And, and I'll just say this is, and I'm not bragging on myself in this way, but the, the, the nicest compliment that I got in the business came through uh, our distributors at Vintage Imports where uh, Bill Mickles said to me that there's a gentleman by the name of Paul who's uh, who I did a ride with uh, uh, in Delaware. He's a manager uh, in uh, uh, in Delaware for for vintage imports, he said that I guess during their sales uh, 
uh, meeting with their own team. Uh, they said, when you meet this guy, Tequila John, he goes, I'm going to tell you this. I've, this is Paul talking. He says, I've been doing this for 30 years. I've, I've rode with a million different people. This guy was the best ride with I ever had in my career. We sold wow. everybody. We had fun. The guy's legitimate. The brand's fantastic. And he goes, I just had a time of my life with this guy. And as it turns out that uh, I have such a wonderful friendship with not only him, but everybody else that I, I'm just so uh, humbled by anybody even saying something about me that in that way where I'm like, I, I don't know where I go with that, but now it just wants me to work even harder for, you know, for Paul and, and everybody over there to kind of live up to what the expectations, uh, Paul was nice enough to, to maybe put forth uh, on my behalf to his sales force. So it's, you know, it's a tall task to live up to expectations, but when people embrace you in such a wonderful way, how could I not want to pay them back with everything I have, heart, you know, heart, you know, heart and soul, to uh, to make it successful for them? And I think in the end, uh, you know, people know if you're genuine or not. And uh, I think that's where we, you know, that's our missing ingredient. Our missing ingredient is our people. You know, yeah. the, the, the small the small family that we have uh, running. We're a family run business. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, you we're, are. We're family run business, and uh, you know, everybody around the table you know, has to do, you know, pull their share. And uh, I'm, I'm grateful. And I'm, I just want to say in, in closing, um, I'm grateful for this opportunity, but I'm also grateful for guys like uh, Ruben Rodriguez, who many times when I'm like, I don't know, man, you know, what do you think we should do? He says, what are you talking about? He goes, you can't quit now. Even in my in times of, uh, as an entrepreneur, we all have moments of doubt, right? But in, in, the, in the moment of doubts that I had, I had people lifting me up and saying, uh, don't don't give up. And uh, you know, from that perspective, um, you know, sometimes you just can't. You know, when people are egging you on to say that you have it, you have to keep on going. Uh, and so that sometimes you just have to, to uh, respect the, their wishes and thoughts. So, well, you know, it, it's a uh, it, when they can see the greatness in you and and the, pos the possibilities of greatness in the brand. How can you not? You know. How can you not at least try, right? Because at least you, you can live with yourself if you say, you know what, I tried everything. I can live with that. And and, and if you can't, then then you got to keep going until until such time that you're satisfied, and then and then you push it some more. You know, um, have you considered? I, I know we've gone a little bit over, but I, I, and I I want to be respectful of your time because I'm not sure you know you've got stuff going on. But have you considered? Uh, I know that there's some well-known brands out there that everybody's doing a crowdfund is that something that you would consider maybe later on down the road or because well, you know you, you know have such a cult following and i've seen it i've only seen it work once successfully okay with another brand who has a cult following well you know we we have looked at it and uh you know uh, we've seen a handful of uh of tequila companies raise money on the on the crowdfund uh, platforms but they none of them really raised uh, that much money. You know, they raised several hundred thousand. I think maybe I saw someone raise close to a million. Well, we really need a little bit more money than that. And quite frankly, uh, it's nice to have uh, small investors involved. And you know, we love the late, uh, the level playing field that the crowdfund uh, you know provides because you know mostly only rich people get access to these type of private equity deals. And that was available to, to small investors. And I love the 
the level playing field for investors finally right yeah. but uh we need we need big money fast <laughs> and that's <laughs> that's a little bit of a grind like i said we, we we didn't want to raise any capital until we were ready till we could finally go into production uh for our packaging and we just got the final word where we can go in you know into a you know, bottle and stopper production just last week so now we're on the hunt starting this week uh and the timing of this of this uh show is perfect for us you know, hey. we're looking for someone that could throw a couple million at us right away. We'll give them good valuation to move forward. We already have a lot of stuff that that's in the hopper. We have a lot of marketing opportunities. I mean, we've been offered a, a NASCAR uh, sponsorship, and we've already been vetted through uh, Spire Motorsports. I think it's either the, the number seven car, or the the seventy eight car. We we're, were offered the to sponsor that, you know, at, at one point. So, I mean, to even get contacted by NASCAR, whether we do it or not, uh, and, you know, going to Charlotte and checking out that opportunity for the company, that's pretty cool stuff. So yeah. I'm not sure if that's going to be something that we, we pursue, but, you know, we've talked to them, we've talked to Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, all kind of, you know, music in the in motorcycle venues. We have so many uh, marketing opportunities and, uh, to push the brand that we built this established relationships with. And the, all the venues or, or, you know, in case even with NASCAR, they're like, hey, when you're ready, man, let us know. We dig your brand. We like working with you. You know, uh, let us know when it's when it's a go or if that's something that you like to pursue. And, you know, a lot of companies don't have those type of high profile opportunities uh, to, to promote their brand, whether, you know, money aside won't even get you into these places. So we have uh, some real cachet as a brand that we could align with some really, really, you know, powerful companies. We've aligned with Harley Davidson. We've aligned with Mont Blanc. We've done in-store tastings with luxury watches and things like that in Caesars Forum shops in Vegas, uh, where, you know, we uh, support the St. Jude's uh, Children's Research Hospital. Uh, for anybody that's out there that's thinking about investing in my company, here's where my equity is going to go. I'm not looking to, you know, uh, turn around and, and, and get, you know, uber rich on this thing, but a, a big portion of my equity position is going to go to the St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. My goal is to uh, turn my company into a billion dollar brand so I could help pay for a year of, uh, of service to people in need uh, through St. Jude's. It costs about a billion dollars a year to run that hospital. So uh, that's my driving force. You know, what do you want to do with your money if you actually even get some? Do you ever think about that? If you hit the lottery, what will you do with it? I, I, I have a list of people I want to give money to. I don't think about myself. I'm, I'm, there's more power and grace and in, in, in helping others than. Uh, so my, my goal is that hopefully I'll become successful one day in this business. And uh, <laughs> that, that I could change the lives of, uh, of some other people that uh, maybe I could do them well, you know. Well, there you go, folks. I don't know what else to say. I think I think you've said it all, John. I, I, first of all, I want to thank you for your time for coming on here on Open Bar with us. Uh, folks, if you have not had this tequila, first of all, look for it. Where can, if they can find it, where can they look? Can they still buy it online or is it still... Um, We're not available online right now. You'll have to you know, keep on checking back with the website. We'll start okay. making some announces, announcements there. The only place where you can probably get it is in a couple places in New Jersey, uh, Pennsylvania, and Delaware. There's some shops that have it there. We have some in uh, in Vegas. It's available in a cocktail form at Cabo Wabo on the Vegas Strip. We love that place. Great food, great cocktails. We have a blood orange uh, margarita there. That's kind of tasty that you might like. And uh, but when we uh, get ready to roll, we'll we'll we should make the launch announcement on your show is what we. Hey, should man, you know what? Let's just we'll, we'll go. We'll do a live on Instagram or something like that. And just we're go, back, man. We're back. Yeah, we're back. Um, 
Okay, if they, if we do run across uh, an investor, somebody who's watching this right now, where can they contact you directly? Can they do it through the website? Can they say, you know, is they, there they a, could, they a could contact us through the website, any contacts on tattooedtequila.com. You just yeah. click on contacts. Those come directly to me. Uh, they can go right on to, again, tattooedtequila.com. And um, I'm happy to speak with them at any rate. And anybody that has any interest on any level, uh, I'll get back to them, you know, right away. And uh, can't thank them enough for their generosity of their time and reaching out to us if they're interested. Hey. Fabulous. You heard it here first, folks. That's John Atanasio. Tequila, John. Yes, uh, sir. With Tattoo Tequila. And we didn't, we, I know we didn't even get into how you got the name and all. But we'll, we'll, you know what? We'll do, we'll save that for when I can get to Vegas or Hawaii <laughs> or whatever. And, you know, we'll do a, we'll do something else. But this is, this is really a sought after and a beloved brand. I said it before. If you haven't seen the review on our Sipping Off the Cuff, you can catch that on our YouTube channel. You can, uh, if you download your podcast, you can also do that on, on all the platforms like Spotify. So they'll be able to listen to this and, and your, your resonant, your dulcet tones across, uh, across the airwaves. Uh, but John, thanks again for, for being here. I so appreciate your time. Thank you for, for, for explaining to us what it takes to get this thing to where it is now. And it's only going to go up from here. So, and, and that's, I don't normally make a fearless prediction but this this brand won't go away and it has not gone away and there there are mexican brands that collectors look for that have kind of fits and starts like this and the classic brands uh, i can name one or two off off the top of my head but i'm not gonna and and this right there falls tattoo falls right in with that that brand that just you wonder what happened to it never went away so um, don't let it go away, folks. Uh, if you know somebody who's looking to to uh, up up this tequila game because we're we're sick and tired of someone else's tequila for the people, um, drink the real stuff and and try it whenever you can. I would say take a snifter, take some time with it, and if it doesn't impress you, it should. But if it does, get a hold of this guy because uh, and get a hold of the company because it really is there. Really is something. Uh, special and intangible that will only amplify you know once once it's out there so john thanks again for being here i so appreciate Mike, thank you so much time. uh great but, hey, great to be here yeah and and uh you know to catch a wave be careful though i don't know what your weather's like in hawaii right now but it's bad here in southern california i know i know but we're waiting for waves right now it's whale season right now so we're just uh we have humpback whales all over the place so it's uh, uh, well you don't want to you, you don't want to bother them <laughs> Yeah. No. Anyway, right thank you, sir. I appreciate the time. I'm gonna I'm gonna sign off here, folks. If you're listening to us on the podcast, please subscribe. If you're watching us on YouTube, show this to your investor friends, okay? Because I'm telling you, this is one of this one of the better investments you can make. Because uh, all, all the money, uh, all the good money at the end is going to go for some great things uh, for the future. So there you go. I'm Mike Morales here in Southern California. That's John Atanasio in Hawaii. At Tequila John of Tattoo Tequila. Thanks again for watching and listening, and we'll catch you later. Right on. Thanks.